Section 26 of the Natural History, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 7 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 26, Book 35. Chapters 43 to 49. Chapter 43. The Inventors of the Art of Modeling. On painting we have now said enough, and more than enough, but it will be only proper to append some accounts of the plastic art. Butades, a potter of Sicyon, was the first invented at Corinth, the art of modeling portraits in the earth which he used in his trade. It was through his daughter that he made the discovery who, being deeply in love with a young man about to depart on a long journey, traced the profile of his face, as thrown upon the wall by the light of the lamp. Upon seeing this, her father filled in the outline by compressing clay upon the surface, and so made a face in relief, which he then hardened by fire along with other particles of pottery. This model, it is said, was preserved in the Nymphaeum at Corinth, until the destruction of that city by Mumius. Others again assert that the first inventors of the plastic art were Rochus and Theodorus at Samos, a considerable period before the expulsion of the Bacchiadae from Corinth, and that Damaratus, on taking to flight from that place and settling in Euturia, where he became father of Tarquinius, who was ultimately king of the Roman people, was accompanied thither by the modelers Eucher, Diopis, and Eugramus, by whose agency the art was first introduced into Italy. Butades first invented the method of coloring plastic compositions by adding red earth to the material or else modeling them in red chalk. He too was the first to make masks on the outer edges of gutter tiles upon the roofs of buildings in low relief and known as prostipa at first, but afterwards in high relief or ectipa. It was in these designs, too, that the ornaments on the pediments of temples originated, and from this invention modelers first had their name of plasti. Chapter 44. Who was the first to mold figures in imitation of the features of living persons or of statues? The first person who expressed the human features by fitting a mold of plaster upon the face and then improving it by pouring melted wax into the cast was Lysistratus of Sicyon brother of Lysippus, already mentioned. It was he, in fact, who first made it his study to give a faithful likeness, for before his time, artists only thought how to make their portraits as handsome as possible. The same artist, too, was the first who thought of making models for his statues, a method which afterwards became so universally adopted that there could be neither figure nor statue made without its model in clay. Hence it would appear that the art of modeling in clay is more ancient than that of molding in bronze. Chapter 45. The Most Famous Modelers The most celebrated modelers were Damophilus and Goragasus, who were painters as well. These artists adorned with their works in both kinds the Temple of Ceres and the Circus Maximus at Rome, with an inscription in Greek, which stated that the decorations on the right hand were the workmanship of Damophilus, and those on the left of Gorgasus. Varro says that before the construction of this temple, everything was Tuscan in the temples, and that when the temple was afterwards repaired, 
The painted coatings on the walls were cut away in tablets and enclosed in frames, but that the figures on the pediments were dispersed. Calcothesnes, too, executed at Athens some works in unbaked earth, on the spot which, from his manufactory, has since obtained the name Ceramicus. M. Varro states that he knew an artist at Rome, Posses by name, who executed fruits, grapes, and fish with such exactness that it was quite impossible, by only looking at them, to distinguish them from the reality. He speaks very highly also of Archisalus, who was on terms of intimacy with Lucius Lucullus, and whose models in plaster used to sell at a higher rate among artists themselves than the works of others. He informs us also that it was by this modeler that the Venus Genetrix in the form of Caesar was executed, it having been erected before completion, in the great haste that there was to consecrate it, that the same artist had made an agreement with Lucullus to execute a figure of Felicity at the price of 60,000 sesterces, the completion of which was prevented by their death, and that Octavius, a Roman of equestrian rank, being desirous of a model for a mixing bowl, Archesilos made him one impostor at the price of one talent. Varro praises Pisciteles also, who used to say that the plastic art was the mother of chasing, statuary, and sculpture, and who, excellent as he was in each of these branches, never executed any work without first modeling it. In addition to these particulars, he states that the art of modeling was anciently cultivated in Italy, Euturia in particular, and that Volcanius was summoned from Wei and entrusted by Tarquinius Priscus with making the figure of Jupiter, which he intended to consecrate in the capital, that this Jupiter was made of clay, and that hence arose the custom of painting it with minium, and that the four-horse chariot so often mentioned upon the pediment of the temple was made of clay as well. We learn also from him that it was by the same artist that the Hercules was executed, which even to this day is named at Rome for the material of which it is composed. Such in those times were the most esteemed statues of the gods. In small reason have we to complain of our forefathers for worshipping such divinities as these. For in their day there was no working of gold and silver, no, not even in the service of the gods. Chapter 46 Works in Pottery Statues of this nature are still in existence at various places. At Rome, in fact, and in our municipal towns, we still see many such pediments of temples, wonderful too, for their workmanship and from their artistic merit and long duration, more deserving of our respect than gold, and certainly far less baneful. At the present day even, in the midst of such wealth as we possess, we make our first libation at the sacrifice not from Mirheim vases or vessels of crystals, but from ladles made of earthenware. Bounteous beyond expression is the earth, if we only consider in detail her various gifts. To omit all mention of the cereals, wine, fruits, herbs, shrubs, medicaments, and metals, bounties which she has lavished upon us and which have already passed under our notice, her productions in the shape of pottery alone would more than suffice in their variety to satisfy our domestic wants. What with gutter tiles of earthenware, vats for receiving wine, pipes for conveying water, conduits for supplying baths, big tiles for roofs, bricks for foundation, the productions too of the potter's wheel, results all of them of an art which included King Numa to establish as a seventh company, that of the makers of earthenware. Even more than this, many persons have chosen to be buried in coffins made of earthenware. 
M. Vero, for instance, who is interred in true Pythagorean style in the midst of leaves of myrtle, olive, and black poplar. Indeed, the greater part of mankind make use of earthen vases for this purpose. For the service of the table, the Samian pottery is even yet held in high esteem. That, too, of Redium in Italy still maintains its high character, while for their cups and for those only, the manufactories of Sorrentum, Asta, Palentia, Saguntum in Spain, and Pergamus in Asia are greatly esteemed. The city of Trolles, too, in Asia, and that of Mutida in Italy, had their respective manufacturers of earthenware. Even by this branch of art are localities rendered famous, their productions, by the aid of the potter's wheel, becoming known to all countries and conveyed by sea and by land to every quarter of the earth. At Erythrae, there are still shown in a temple there two amphorae that were consecrated in consequence of the singular thinness of the material. They originated in a contest between master and his pupil, which of the two could make earthenware of the greatest thinness. The vessels of Kos are the most highly celebrated for their beauty, but those of Audria are considered the most substantial. In relation to these productions of art, there are some instances of severity mentioned. Q. Cupionis, who we find, was condemned for bribery because he made present of an amphora of wine to a person who had the right of voting, to make luxury to conduce in some degree to enhance our estimation of earthenware. Tripatinium, as we learn from Fenestella, was the name given to the most exquisite course of dishes that was served up at the Roman banquets. It consisted of one dish of mirnai, one of lupi, and a third of a mixture of fish. It's clear that the public manners were then already on the decline, though we still have a right to hold them preferable to those of the philosophers, even of Greece, seeing that the representatives of Aristotle, it is said, sold at the auction of his goods as many as 70 dishes of earthenware. It is already stated by us, when on the subject of birds, that a single dish cost the tragic actor, Isopus, 100,000 sesterces, much to the reader's indignation, no doubt but by Hercules. Vitellius, when emperor, ordered a dish to be made, which was to cost a million of sesterces, and for the preparation of which a furnace had to be erected out in the fields. Luxury had thus arrived at such a pitch of excess as to make earthenware even sell at higher prices than Mirhein vessels. It was in reference to this circumstance that Mucianus, in the second consulship, when pronouncing one of his paratorsions reproached the memory of Vitellius with his dishes as broad as the Pomptine march, not less deserving to be execrated than the poisoned dish of Espronus, which, according to the accusation brought against him by Cassius Severus, caused the death of 130 guests. These works of artistic merit have conferred celebrity on some cities even, Regium, for example, and Cumae. The priests of the mother of the gods, known as the Gali, deprive themselves of their virility with the piece of Samian pottery, the only means, if we believe M. Caelius, of avoiding dangerous results. He it was, too, who recommended, when in weighing against certain abdominal practices, that the person guilty of them should have his tongue cut out in a similar manner, a reproach which would appear to have been leveled by anticipation against the same Vitellius. What is there that human industry will not devise? Even broken pottery has been utilized, it being found that, beaten to powder and tempered with lime, it becomes more solid and durable than other substances of a similar nature, forming the cement known as sigonai 
and composition, so extensively employed for even making the pavement of houses. Chapter 47, Various Kinds of Earth, the Petolian dots and other earths of which cements like stone are made. But there are other resources also which are derived immediately from the earth. Who indeed cannot but be surprised at finding the most interior constitute parts of it, known as dust only, on the hills of the Potoli, forming a barrier against the waves of the sea, becoming changed into stone the moment of its immersion, and increasing in hardness from day to day, more particularly when mixed with the cement of Kumai? This is an earth too, of a similar nature found in the districts about Sisychus, but there it is not a dust, but a solid earth, which is cut away in blocks of all sizes and which, after being immersed in the sea, is taken out transformed into stone. The same thing may be seen also, it is said, in the vicinity of Cassandria, and at Sinnos, there is a spring of fresh water which has the property of causing earth to petrify within the space of eight months. Between Europas and Aulis, every portion of the land upon which the sea enroaches becomes transformed into solid rock. The finer portion of the sand of the river Nilus is not very different in its properties from the dust of Putoli, not indeed that it is used for breaking the force of the sea and withstanding the waves, but only for the purpose, forsooth, of subduing the body for the exercises of the palaestra. At all events, it was for this purpose that it used to be brought over for Petrobius, a freedman of the emperor Nero. I find it stated also that Craterus, Leonatus, and Meleager, generals of Alexander the Great, had this sand transported along with their munitions of war. But I forbear to enlarge any further upon this subject, or indeed by Hercules, upon these preparations of earth and wax of which the Saramata are made, so much employed by our youth in their exercise of the body at the cost of all vigor of the mind. Chapter 48. Formosian Walls. And then, besides have we not in Africa and in Spain walls of earth known as Formosian walls, from the fact that they are molded rather than built by enclosing the earth within a frame of boards constructed on either side. These walls will last for centuries, are proof against rain, wind, and fire, and are superior in solidity to any cement. Even at this day, Spain still beholds watchtowers that were erected by Hannibal, and turrets of earth placed on the very summits of her mountains. It is from the same source, too, that we derive the substantial materials so well adapted for forming the earthworks of our camps and embankments against the impetuous violence of rivers. What person, too, is unacquainted with the fact that partitions are made of hurdles coated with clay and that walls are constructed out of unbraked bricks? Chapter 49. Walls of Brick. The Method of Making Bricks. Earth for making bricks should never be extracted from a sandy or gravelly soil, and still less from one that is stony, but from a stratum that is white and cretaceous, or else impregnated with red earth. If a sandy soil must be employed for the purpose, it should at least be male sand and no other. The spring is the best season for making bricks, as at midsummer they are very apt to crack. For building, bricks two years old are the only ones that are approved of, and the wrought material of them should be well macerated before they are made. There are three different kinds of bricks. The Lydian, which is in use with us, a foot and a half in length by a foot in breadth. The Tetradoron and the Petrodoron. The word Doron being used by ancient Greeks to signify the palm. Hence, too, their word Doron meaning a gift, because it is the hand that gives. 
These last two kinds, therefore, are named respectively from there being four and five palms in length, the breadth being the same. The smaller kind is used in Greece for private buildings, the larger for the construction of public edifices. In Pitane, in Asia, and in the cities of Maxiola, Acalentum, and farther Spain, there are breaks made which float in water when dry. The material being a sort of pumice earth, extremely good for the purpose when it can be made to unite. The Greeks have always preferred walls of brick, except in those cases where they could find sizzliest stone for the purposes of building. For walls of this nature will last forever if they are only built on the perpendicular. Hence it is that the Greeks have built their public edifices and their palaces of their kings of brick. The wall at Athens, for example, which faces Mount Hymettus, the temples of Jupiter and Hercules at Patrae. Although the columns and architraves in the interior are of stone, the palace of King Atalus at Trales, the palace of Croces at Sardes, now converted into an isolum for eight persons, and that of King Mazalus at Halicarnassus edifices, all of them, still in existence. Marini and Varro, in their idolship, had a fine fresco painting on the plaster of a wall at Lycaidaimon, cut away from the bricks and transported in wooden frames to Rome for the purpose of adorning the Comitium. Admirable as the work was as of itself, it was still more admired after being thus transferred. In Italy also, there are walls of brick at Aurelium and Mavania. At Rome, there are no buildings of this description, because a wall only a foot and a half in thickness would not support more than a single story, and by public ordinance it has been enacted that no partition should exceed that thickness, nor indeed does the peculiar construction of our party walls admit it. End of section number 26.